Hi, this is Aileen from the Utajua Hujue podcast. A little heads up, I do swear a lot. As you can remember, it's not about the quantity, it is about the quality. And I am a quality swearer. So if it's not your thing, or if you're a little too young, you have a choice to make. And for those who don't mind, let's start the show. Hi, ho, hello, and welcome back to the Utajua Hujui podcast, where I basically get to talk about whatever I want. I have a very special person here with me. He is looking very the bored. The most special. He's the not that special. special. He's you not need that to be special. Very clear with that. The most special. <sighs> Introduce yourself again, please. Hello, all. My name is Karivi. They call me GK. Who's they? They. Everybody else. My nickname. Can you use your normal voice, please? Oh, sorry, sorry. My my normal voice is much lower than oh that. Oh my god, this hey is like Kim Kardashian. Hey ladies, how are you doing? Oh my anyway, god. My name is Karidi Garim. <laughs> um, better known as Kagreetness. Yes, that she agreed. She clapped her hands. Um, this is my wife who's dragging me into doing office another, wife another session of this office wife but it's fine because she and i agreed didn't drag and him. she listened to one thing the madhogo Danyo session is only and shall always only be a gk show crazy show she can Karedi. never do it by herself or with any other guests oh, come on trademark now. is already pending in oh the courts oh my god you're so petty I'm just okay. saying. Okay. All right. So, you know what kind of podcast this is. It is a drink-friendly podcast today. Surprise, surprise. I'm drinking water. Yay. Boring. What are you drinking? I'm drinking Johnny Johnny Walker Black Label uh, on the rocks mm-hmm. with a twist of lemon mm-hmm. with some brown sugar, you know. Mm-hmm. They call it an old-fashioned, mm-hmm. some cherry, you know. That's how we do it. A lot of preparation coming mm-hmm. into the session, I see. So... Mm-hmm. As you remember, this is not my show. It is technically his show. I am a guest on my own podcast. Take it away, please. So, as a pseudo-fan of uh, Utajua Hujui, <laughs> one thing I really see about your shows is, and I give you credit for it, is they're really well-prepared. You write hella scripts. Mm. You do hella research. Mm. You know, you do a great job. Oh, thank you. Yeah, clap, clap. You should thank put, you. like, the clapping... <laughs> Things behind there. Yay, However, oh my word, we have been taught, even by the people we interact with, that some of the best things come out of chaos, mm-hmm. and that's what Madhavadhanu is all about. Chaos. It's all about chaos. Mm-hmm. I normally come here without any preparation in mind, just a few questions in my head. I'm gonna throw them at you in random order, mm-hmm. and we'll see if you can give me a bit of a intuitive answer, or if, or if we just have to give you the thumbs down. Okay, all right. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay, so I'll go with a bit of a light one for the first one. Is makeup mm-hmm. the thing that's on your face? Um, I don't know if it's on your face right now. I can't tell. Ah. Skin glows that well. <laughs> Woo. Uh, Woo, okay. Is makeup an inherent construct of the white definition of beauty? I say this because, before you think, um, as guys, and you're, you're probably going to insult me for this, we all, we all say that we, we, take, take, take we the moment love swimming. women without makeup, that whole process. Take her swimming on the first date. Sure. Never heard of that before. No way. Mm-mm. No. You haven't seen the meme? I am a guka to some people. Oh, my God. Memes. What's a meme? 
I'm kidding there, but I've always wondered why women really focus really hard on their appearance, especially mm-hmm. with regards to makeup. Okay, so that's a bit of a tricky question to answer for me because like, I don't know what our ancestors did in Africa in terms of like beautification. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if any like facial products were applied mm-hmm. in the sense of, um, I don't know, to like heighten your skin or I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I also believe that our ancestors did conceive of makeup in a very different way. Mm-hmm. It wasn't so much to hide flaws as much as it was to... I would imagine just like make a little make something shine a little bit more over here. Mm. They had, had a bit more medicinal purposes. What I'm trying to say is that like I want to believe that perhaps makeup in pre-colonial Africa was more practical as opposed to more aesthetic. Because mm-hmm. if you go to the West, particularly Europe, where like women poisoned themselves with lead and mm-hmm. mercury and nightshade and all this shit just to look beautiful. What's nightshade? Uh, I'm not sure if it's night. Uh, what I mean is belladonna. Belladonna is a What's thing. What's belladonna? So belladonna is a plant, and if you like extract the serum from it mm-hmm. and um, turn it into eye drops, you can okay. put the eye drops in your eyes, and it makes your pupils dilate to make you look like you're in love. It's very dangerous. That just sounds wrong. It's very, very da- like do not do it. I swear, please don't do it. Um, but I've always gotten a sense that in the West, mm-hmm. because you have all these products and all these really dangerous chemicals being put into the makeup. Mm-hmm all in the attempt and effort to look beautiful like yeah. queen queen elizabeth the first mm-hmm. she yo you should you should see like her face was not her face because her face um she constantly powdered her face in white powder mm-hmm. and not like white as in white skin mm-hmm. white as in white paper just mm-hmm. because that's what she thought was beautiful okay. but in the end i think it really caused us some really serious health issues because mm-hmm. there was lead in that powder <laughs> so i i just always got the feeling that in the West, makeup is more aesthetic. Okay. Um, so why is it that modern society... For example, I'll, I'll say this, because I'm going to give you a bit of a shout-out to one celebrity you dearly love. Mm. You guys were so happy when Rihanna, who's ah, just having a, a baby, a um, when Rihanna It's more of Rihanna. Reha- released uh, Fenty, mm-hmm. because it was black makeup yeah. for the black skin. Mm-hmm. Why was that? So, why was there so much excitement around? Oh, and my! Keep in mind God. that my whole context is: is makeup really a creation? Yeah, I know, ideologies? but just ooh, okay. So I went to university in the UK in 2014. Mm, I did not a little old. I, I yes, mm. I'm um, I'm aging. Um, so yeah, I went to uni. Not gracefully. <laughs> wow, fuck you. So my first year of uni was in 2014, mm-hmm. um, and I remember trying to go buy makeup and just. The colors were all wrong, mm-hmm. and if I really wanted makeup for my skin tone, that mm-hmm. cost like three or four times what I could afford. But if you want to look white, why don't you wear white makeup? It's not white. It's like the wow. It's 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 the foundation. I was trying to get the right skin tone. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't until I think it was like 2016 that I was able to find a foundation that I I could afford mm-hmm. that was healthy for my skin and that was the right skin show. So so skin tone for me, mm-hmm. and I can imagine what it was like for other people, other black people having grown up in that environment where you never saw yourself reflected in the makeup products that you could buy. Yeah. You, when it's time for sleepovers and you're with your white friends, I remember this because this happened to me when I was like nine, they couldn't do their make. I couldn't, they could not do their makeup on me because mm. they didn't have the right products and it kind of sucked, okay. right? Mm-hmm. So to have in 26, like 2018, I think, mm-hmm. when Fenty comes out is absolutely incredible because you have all these products for all these skin shades mm. not just like 
Um, I'm pretty light skinned, not pretty. I'm just, I'm light skinned, so it's a lot easier for. Are you light skinned? It's a lot easier for somebody like me to get foundation than it would be for somebody who's much darker than me. Okay, fair enough. And so, one of the great things that Fenty did was mm -hmm. that its range was so expansive mm -hmm. that it covered the most beautifully dark people in the world, mm. and also just the the like albinos on the other side. It, mm. it covered everyone, right? Okay. And that was new, because for the longest time, the excuse makeup companies were giving us as to why they wouldn't expand their shade range was, no there's no market, there's mm. no market. That's always the excuse. There's no market. Like, you saw the mm -hmm. same thing. Like, it wasn't until natural hair blew up mm -hmm. that, like, L'Oreal, Tresemme, all these guys started having natural hair products. Mm -hmm. But for the longest time, they were like, I'm sorry, there's no market. What do you so want to do? Rihanna was proving a point. Yeah, I think she was. So that leads me to a bit of a digression in my question. Mm. So we can we can virtually agree that there has been a a, a westernization of beauty standards mm -hmm. in our cultures. So if we were to flip it, mm -hmm. um, you also see places in which, and this is a two prong question. Okay. There's now a blackenization of beauty standards. Ah, okay. AKA <laughs> I know what I mean. Fat lips, fat ass. Kim Kardashian, I am Kim Kardashian. coming for you. So, Ooh. question one, would you call that, if you've been doing the other way, and this is part of our conversation we had last time, mm -hmm. would you call that method, that, that adoption appropriation? That's part one. That's part one. Number two, mm -hmm. now, you see those videos, like I remember that there was that list, list lady of, you know, sucking your lips in glass oh, the, to make mm. your lips. If you're black and you're doing the Kim Kardashian, uh, traits for beauty is that an identity crisis right there <sighs> I don't even know those are your begin. questions I don't even know where to begin with this one I just find it really funny that it took a bunch of white women to make looking black acceptable in society like what the fuck acceptable is that? in society to the people what? who make money by the way because you see what? for us black people ah. for kingdom time since kingdom come apart from us who like uh having the, the white lady next to us, <laughs> most black people have always appreciated black beauty standards. It's a thing. Guys like the fat lips and the... Thick thighs. I was going to say the fat ass, but it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Um, mm -hmm. We've always appreciated that. But um, when this white people started doing it... It became exotic, and it's like... Not, not even really exotic. You just see... Black people really copying what is already there. That's, that's the thing that really frustrated me. But I'm coming from a guy perspective. These are not things that really motivate me to wake up in the morning. But <laughs> I want to know what you think. I don't know because... Are people who copy the Kardashians' Oreos? Here's the thing. I'm not sure if people are copying the Kardashians or they're just living their lives. And because they're just living their lives in black bodies, mm -hmm. which, whether or not you like it, are sexualized without my consent. Everybody is sexualized without anybody's consent. No, there are some people that can sexualize me with my very, very, very willing consent. Like my boyfriend. <laughs> That's the same for everybody as well. <laughs> Yeah, but like in particular, in particular, when you're talking about black bodies, you kind of have this social construction around how lascivious we are, about how promiscuous we are, mm -hmm. about how exotic we are, right? Yeah. Um, and so more often than not, like I'm never sure, especially when I was living abroad, mm -hmm. I'm never sure if somebody's looking at me mm -hmm. or is looking at my black body. Because okay. those are two very different images, right? Mm -hmm. um, and... Oh, man, I forgot my point. You, you, no, 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 you don't. You no, just you stared into my you, eyes, and you just got so. Uh, 
my god point is point point is point is point is Mm. because like those women in in the abroad are living in just you know very attractive black bodies no matter what size shape or curves they are um they tend to get sexualized without their consent more often than not. Mm-hmm. Um, it can seem to a lot of people that they're trying to become like Kim Kardashian or they're trying to copy their Kardashians, mm-hmm. when in reality, the Kardashians have always been trying to emulate, appropriate, outright fucking steal black culture. Mm-hmm. And I, I think they do it because it makes them feel cool. Yeah, I'm not, I would like to think so because it's a lot worse believing that they're doing it as a market decision. Okay. Because, you know... Especially a market decision. But capitalism, man, like... Pop culture. I think pop culture really blew up the black look. Because who are the pop culture representatives from the early 2000s that blew up this so thing? so white. Not just white. They, look, look at the black ones. You have you like Beyonce. Like Beyonce, the one who died. Aaliyah. Aaliyah. All those um, people created this. Blue Contrell. Yeah, they created this whole definition Berry. of black beauty. Uh, Halle what? Berry is one of the people they say is the first ones. Halle yeah. Berry and J-Lo as Jada well. Pinkett Smith. And Jada Pinkett Smith. Mm. Like that group. Mm. So what has happened is you've had people realizing how lucrative it's been and with their business patterns making strategic decisions to, you know, get into the black beauty business. It makes a lot of money. You know, the, 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 from, this is going to sound so racist, but still, the Chinese beauty business is not easy to get into if you get what I'm trying to say. Like, for example, what's Chinese makeup history? It's the really white skin tones, it's thingy. But for black, because you were in pop culture, that's how you guys made money. It just blew up. So it's, people want to make money from it, if you get what I'm saying. I see the point. I see the point you're trying to make. I mm-hmm. wish I wish you had worded a little better. Probably. Um, Beauty is not my st- my thing. But you do have a point mm-hmm. in the sense in in, a, in the sense of, um, for example, like I've always wanted to go live in China, but I'm very very afraid that when I get to China, I'm not gonna touch you. No 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 no. no it's not even fast that. black person. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Those have you not watched those videos? Wow! Have you not watched those videos where I mean I could like, I, I I could I could snip something sitting and a Chinese person is like sitting right next to them and is like don't I'm touch stretching me. to you. I'm don't not gonna touch, touch you. Don't but touch you know me. what I'm saying? I'm gonna touch the brown wood right next to it, like, and then trying to take a picture. You've never seen those videos? Ax, have you ever seen those videos? I have no idea what you were talking about. I'm saying, like, there are videos of black people going to China or in spaces. And because, and it's not a racist thing. It's because just you've never seen a black person before, black person. yeah. It's like when I, t- when I was in Shags, we once, my, my, my sister's best friend is white. Oh, wow. And so we took her to um, deep into Shags because oh, there are really hidden God. gems that you'll find there. And so while we were looking at a waterfall, everywhere we'd go, everyone is staring at me. And it was not racist, or it's not that they meant any harm. It's just you've never this seen. This is the first white person you've ever seen. Or like one, like one of the one of the few. Or one of the seen. few. Yeah, and I also got as many stairs because I've, I've got dreads and I'm a big guy. And in my part of Shags, having dreads is not necessarily a good thing. <laughs> so I got also a number of stairs, but it's just that's how culture is. So that was just a, a bypass. What were you saying about your dream of being in China? So I do have a dream of living in China, but the thing that I'm afraid of is one, I won't be able to find products to do my hair. Oh. Um, two, I won't be able to find someone to do my hair. Mm-hmm. And three, I won't be able to find makeup products for me. 
I think the makeup brother thing you'll find. Here's the thing. That's just because of capitalism, and right? Alibaba. Yeah. No, that's just because of capitalism. Because imagine, um, what reason does like a I don't know a, a department store in China no, have to store foundation? Store. That's yeah. my shade. There's no reason. Absolutely none. Mm-hmm. And so I I, I I do understand the point that you were trying to make. It's just. You are right. Like, money does motivate a lot of these decisions. Is that an inherent decision someone has to make? Like, if I'm moving to a new culture, I have to think about how things work for me. Yeah. Especially with black standards. But even... Well, yeah. Especially for black people. I I assume even for, like, Asians coming into Kenya. Yeah. Same sort of thing. Yeah. So the only people who I feel might never have to ask themselves that question is a white person Mm. because the entire world was built to accommodate you. Mm -hmm. Like, I remember listening to a podcast and the Mm -hmm. podcaster was like... Um, he was drunk, you know, like like violently drunk, mm-hmm. in a random street in Latin in Latin America. I think it might have been Brazil, mm-hmm. and and like instead of instead of the cops trying to arrest him, the cops like asked him if he was okay. Mm-hmm. Then took him around the city in the cop car and like mm-hmm. took really good care of him. And he was just like, that's that's weird, right? Mm-hmm. And everyone was like, yeah, that's weird. Um, so yeah, I really do feel like the entire world was built to accommodate. White people. Can I accept my call? Yes, you can. Pause. Okay. And we are back. Yes. Remember, you are a guest, so you're not allowed to say we are back. It's me who's allowed to say we are back. So, And we are back. Anyone looking to hire a voice? Just call me. My name is GK. Okay. So, let's move on to the next question. You Mm -hmm. spoke about the white always being prepared for, like... Everywhere they go, society has sort of already... We already know what you like. We already yeah, know what like, you like, Which is not to say that it's not hard. It's not going then. to be hard for you to adjust. Mm-hmm. But we're just saying it's not going to be as hard. Yeah. <laughs> so, on that point, I wanted to ask you. Mm. What do you think about the whole idea of white guilt? Should it be a thing? And you know why I ask this question? Why? In Work in Progress. The show that we, show we do, do together. together <laughs> on Fifth Estate TV. You should catch it anytime. Um, we, we discussed how whether the sins of the father should reflect on the son. Mm-hmm. And it went into a conversation on colonialism mm-hmm. and all those things. So, and white guilt came up. So I want to ask you, do you think white guilt should still be a thing? I think it may have been a thing for, for example... Uh, the generation of Winston Churchill, you should have white guilt. But oh, they do, they do they not. Did. They do but not. Winston Churchill was, did not. No, I'm know. saying they should. I'm not they saying would. they did, but they should. Mm-hmm. Now, But now the generation of Boris Johnson, should they have the same white guilt for things done in the Winston Churchill years? I think, I'm going to say two things mm-hmm. about this. The first one is that the, now this whole idea of white guilt mm-hmm. to me has almost become a little bit performative. Mm-hmm. Um, and Hallelujah. <laughs> and, and almost to the detriment of like the actual real issues at heart. Mm-hmm. Um, but more importantly, white guilt doesn't really solve anything. I don't want you to be guilty. Mm-hmm. I want you to take responsibility. Um, which takes me to my second point. Have they not taken responsibility. This takes me to my second point. Mm-hmm. If there, sh- if there is white guilt, there should be white guilt over the fact that your, if you're British, your government has refused to apologize mm-hmm. for the shit it has pulled for the last four hundred years. Mm-hmm. It has just flat out refused, mm-hmm. right? And you should be guilty about that for hundred percent. The biggest thing the British government has done, I think, mm-hmm. is issued, is said, oh, we regret. What but happened. states don't apologize. We spoke I about how no, I understand. Japan has never received an apology for the U.S. basically destroying two of their Germany cities. Germany apologized. 
Germany, well done to them. But states don't apologize. I'm not even sure if Britain apologized. I think Britain apologized. I think Britain might have apologized to Ireland, Maybe but not to, to Ireland, the colonies. Because that's a, that's, a, that's a state you have to continue to work with. But if you look, don't at they like, have to um, continue working with us? Like uh, whole, well, no, wait, but if no, no, no. But let me give you an example. But the whole have reason the French necessarily apologized completely for their role in the Rwandan genocide. I know the the Pope did. Finally, it's the Pope. He did, and that was really good. Mm-hmm. But have they really? Have they sort of in the last few years, you're getting reports of them admitting their guilt and mm-hmm. ordering reports mm-hmm. thirty years later, twenty five years mm-hmm. later. But states inherently, you, you, you. I'm sure even in your law courses, you did a little bit of international. of international relations, and and you got it in international law. States, as a virtue, inherently do not apologize. So are you expecting them to? The state is not a, an institution yeah. of feelings. It's yeah, an institution. yeah, because there are ways you can apologize without actually having to say I'm sorry. Because I feel like the German state has both said mm-hmm. we are sorry mm-hmm. and has taken steps to, to make sure it never happens again, yeah. right? So why can't Britain do that? Mm-hmm. You don't have to say you're sorry, but you do have to teach your children the right history. Stop teaching them this bullshit about how the empire was fucking glorious. For some of us, it fucking wasn't. But for some of them, it was. It's sad, but it's true. Yeah. Yes, you do have a point. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying mm-hmm. is that in a lot of these curriculums, they oh. are centering... Musa. <laughs> they are centering mm-hmm. white history. Mm-hmm. They are taught... Like, if, if they talk about slavery, mm-hmm. do they talk about how the... Do they talk about how the... Um, royal family made its... A lot, made a lot of its money from the slave trade. Mm-hmm. If they talk about India, do they talk about how Britain extracted 45 trillion dollars worth of wealth from a single country mm. and has done nothing done nothing to rec- like reflect a sense of guilt or reflect a sense of ownership like mm. i just want that history to stop being so self justificatory if that's even a word hey the english teacher i'm sorry I've, I've, I've completely forgotten what the word was mm-hmm. but i just i just do want the history to stop being so like, mm-hmm. yes, we did this thing, but we had to. You want to know why? Because we brought civilization to the world. We brought Christianity to the world. Mm-hmm. Like, without us, these places would be in the bundus. It would mm-hmm. be underdeveloped. Nah, nah, nah. And it's like, with you, we were all those things as well. Mm-hmm. So how for us, mm-hmm. it was like, what did we get from it? Because with you, we mm-hmm. were still underdeveloped. With you, we were still treated. Like, we were still living lives that you did not want for yourselves. Have you, have you heard of the company Finlay's? This is going to lead to my... The, my tea, com- the tea company. The tea company yeah. from Scotland. Yeah. Get it there. Then quite a big, big of trouble for poor work standards. Like Del Monte. The, okay. Yeah, I allowed you to throw your shade there. Mm. Um, who are um, taking advantage mm-hmm. of labor. Mm-hmm. It led me to this really weird question. Mm-hmm. Should we hold or do we hold multinational, multi-large companies um, to different standards than we hold ourselves to. For example, the tea industry in Kenya, some of the things they were complaining about is the, the picking, the hours they were forced to work, the amount of kilos they were forced to pick. But you do have very many locally um, protected farmers who do the same thing with their workforce, taking advantage of, sad to say, the, in, the desperation of the workforce to make a living, which mm-hmm. is... For example, the other day I was walking somewhere and I was seeing guys carrying like firewood up and down mm-hmm. like really big place. Mm-hmm. And I was like, these people are being paid 300 mm. a day. Yo, I sit in an office yeah. in front of a computer and I consult. 
I would not do that for mm-hmm. Finley. So my, my question is, do we hold, should we hold Finleys or multinational corporations to standards that we don't maintain ourselves? I can understand why, mm-hmm. but for the sake of rule and law, rule of law mm-hmm. and all that crap, no. <laughs> because it's 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 one of those things of like um, I don't know. You can't really judge like um, wait, uh, what's it called? You you must remove the speck from your own eye first. Mm. It's instead one of those of things. The log, remove the log from your eye. Yes. Instead of seeing the speck in someone else's eye. Yes. Um, but I can also understand why, as a traumatized people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We are very quick mm. to just jump on any issue with with, it, with multinational corporations mm-hmm. because like we just don't like when when we see them we don't just see the company we see the country where they came from mm. when people see Del Monte they see the U.S. Mm-hmm. when people see Caricho they think they see the U.K. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So we are also just trying to avoid another situation in which the same thing happens again, although yeah. it's happening again right now. <laughs> so. So that's my answer. Okay, so let's now uh, digress to another topic. Mm-hmm. So, after watching some of your, listening to some of your episodes, you did the, uh, the Wagala massacre. Mm-hmm. You did something about police brutality. Mm-hmm. You've done a lot about violence for some reason. Mm-hmm. So, it made me think of this question, and we were yeah. The question is, is bloodshed a necessary byproduct of nation building? We look at violence and bloodshed always from the lens that it's not good, mm-hmm. which is true. It's not good. It's not good. We all accept that. It's not good. But is it a necessary part of the nation building process? Every nation immemorial has gone through, from time immemorial, is that the same? Has gone through decades of warfare, mm-hmm. decades of bloodshed. Mm-hmm. A country like Kenya has not had that much, but we've had, we've had quite significant yeah. bloodshed. Um, look at the newest rep- uh, country South Sudan in, in the world's history. In, yeah, South Sudan. They haven't been able to sort out their shit, to be honest. Is, so the question I have, and someone like you who loves history, as mm-hmm. do I, do you think that bloodshed and the way we look at bloodshed is all wrong? It is a part of nation building. I think it's a part of nation building, but I also think we're looking at bloodshed the right way. Mm-hmm. Right? Because... My main worry is that once we start to normalize and in a sense justify bloodshed as just a necessary inevitable byproduct mm-hmm. of nation building and just state formation and maintenance, mm-hmm. um, you might reach a situation in which politicians or leaders are increasingly willing to become more violent with their citizens mm-hmm. because violence is inevitable. It's mm-hmm. going to happen anyway. I, it allows me to not take any responsibility. Do states emerge through and mature through evolution? Or revolution. revolution? Um, History would suggest evolution, really. Actually, I'll suggest, I'll suggest revolution. Revolution can be a catalyst, but the state just continues to evolve, doesn't I it? I think, I know, I still think it's revolution. I think through revolution, there is evolution. Okay. Um, so it's a catalyst. <sighs> You've been caught right there. No, I reject that. <laughs> I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. Okay, okay. Continue. Okay, so to answer your first question, mm-hmm. I guess, yeah. Um, I do believe that violence is a necessary byproduct of state formation, mm-hmm. and I see that in the way the German state was unified. Mm-hmm. Like, Germany went into the Franco-Prussian War of, I think, 1871, mm-hmm. a bunch of, like, aligned but still independent states, and mm-hmm. emerged 
a fully functioning Germany or yes. Prussia, mm-hmm. right? Um, you also have in the U.S. as well. The Civil War. Civil War. 1861? Yeah, 61 to 64. Mm-hmm. Um, and the really, inter- a really interesting thing about the Civil War is that before 1861, people would refer to these United mm-hmm. States. Mm-hmm. Um, but then after the Civil War, they started saying the United States. S-E. Yeah, and that's a really important change. Yeah. You also have basically all of Britain, not necessarily you know, fighting internally, although the War of the Roses mm-hmm. is that, mm. is that struggle and then the Glorious Revolution. No, 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 no. The Civil War, the second one with Charles I mm-hmm. and Cromwell. Um, you do have like a lot of violence that kind of pushes the state forward and, and helps it form. Mm-hmm. But you also have violence in the sense of you're committing violence against someone else. Because mm-hmm. we, we often forget that violence when we're in the in-group, the people committing the violence, mm-hmm. is a unifying bond, mm-hmm. creates a unifying bond, and it feels good. Yeah. It feels good. And it's also just that I think states are a con, con, an organization of complicated <laughs> interests, what? if I can say let me explain. Okay. <laughs> when you're state building, mm-hmm. you're including people who believe different things. Mm-hmm. You're including people who um, come from different identities. Mm-hmm. And you're all pulling them into this one idea mm-hmm. of how we're going to prosper as a, con- as a collective. Mm-hmm. Which means, inherently, you're going to have people saying, this state doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Which is what you had with the South saying, this can't work. You and people are saying, I hang on my slaves. There we go. Yeah, I'm agreeing. No there problem. No, no, yeah. no. There were just some people, I think, I was when I was in America, mm-hmm. I don't know what the context of this conversation was. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, it was, it was, I was in Kenya speaking mm-hmm. to an American, and we got to the subject of the Civil War. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, okay, so like, what do you think the cause of the Civil War was? Mm-hmm. And they said, a state's rights. Mm-hmm. And I just said, a state's rights to what? Mm-hmm. Like, what exactly were they fighting for, mm-hmm. right? Oh man, America. But anyway, so it's America that was the interest. Ooh. In Kenya, when we had the issues with the Shifter War, mm-hmm. you have the Wagala massacre. Mm-hmm. It, it has to do with Somalia. I guess even even two thousand and seven. PV. A little bit. Yeah. yeah. Those are those are all people. PV was a little less because no yeah, one was really new, pitching. But we got the a idea new constitution. Of, out we got of a it. new constitution. No one was really pitching the idea of we're done, we're <laughs> leaving. But that's the thing. You had ideas of. Uganda wanting to say their borders stretch into Kenya oh. until Naivasha. Until Naivasha. That's disrespectful. That is disrespectful. No. So if you, if, and that's the, the whole issue. So you have interstate conflicts and intrastate conflicts yeah. based on the whole idea of building yourselves to something. And it, it, it's a very painful process. Mm. It's what South Sudan is going for right now. I think uh, Bashir and forgotten the other I guy can't remember the opposition guy mm. um still at it have been at it for a very so long, long on and off on on again and off again relationship because of the whole idea of what other what is the idea about the formation of this but but hang on before you continue i do want to say that it is funny mm-hmm. that like the west hasn't tried harder to keep south sudan together mm-hmm. um and perhaps maybe it isn't funny maybe they understand um, it's nation building no no no. i don't think it's that considering mm-hmm. the fact that south sudan has very rich oil reserves oil. <laughs> and and capitalism or rather the oil industry needs new places to keep sucking oil out of mm-hmm. um I'm just finding it really, really, really interesting that like the U.S. hasn't stepped in to be like, hey, come, on, come on now, guys, come on, come on, let's come, to, come together, come together, now kiss. Ignorant question, although we'll probably both be ignorant on this. Mm. Do you think that was partially the reason that they sort of 
didn't fight harder for South Sudan to uh, secede yeah. from Sudan because they had a huge problem with Omar al-Bashir yeah. in Sudan. And then um, South Sudan break up, the oil sort of separated and South Sudan gets quite a yeah. chunk of the oil. So then it makes more sense if you have a different state with the, that you're not putting any terrorism bans mm-hmm. for you to be able to access these resources. So yeah. my next question. We've not finished this one, but I'm just going to leave it there because we could actually do this a whole two hours. You know, okay. there's the coups that have happened right now. There's oh, a lot we can talk about. But anyways, okay, seeing as you are a comic book fanatic, yeah, comic book movie fanatic. There we go. Yeah, it's, it's the go. movies. Yeah. Look, not, that's why I realized I made a mistake. Yep. Since you're a comic book movie fanatic, this is my question for you. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, this is the popular saying. I know you'll know where it is from. You either die a hero, or you live long enough to see yourself become. I think that's Harvey Milk in Batman. I can't remember which one. The Dark Knight. I know DC is not necessarily a, well, look, more Marvel, but okay. So I like I prefer Marvel simply because it's not like you're watching a movie. Mm-hmm. It's like you're watching a very long series. Yeah, it's a good story. Like it's a, like each movie is like an episode. It's quite nice, right? Whereas the DCEU very disjointed. Number one. Number two, like their animated things are so good. Mm. Why can't they do what they've done with the animation? Like they keep because when you convert animation into reality it looks stupid. But here's the thing, right? Like with with the Marvel characters, the reason why uh, like Iron Man got his own movie, Cap mm-hmm. got his own movie, all these guys got their own movies, was because we didn't know anything about them. They weren't the popular Marvel characters. Mm-hmm. Marvel had already sold the rights to those characters to mm-hmm. Sony and Fox. Mm-hmm. I'm talking mm-hmm. about the X-Men Spider-Man. and Spider-Man. Um, and Fantastic, Fantastic Four. Four. Right. Which was probably, dis- should, oh the movie should be converted to like terrible for my God. horrific film. Don't tell. Oh, Although my first, my first ever crush was from Fantastic Four. Uh, what's her face? Jessica Alba? Jessica Alba, yeah. Oh, she, she did look good in that movie. Yeah, she was... Ask most men, uh, most guys born in like 1995, 94, 96, <laughs> who their first ever crush was, half, half will say Jessica Alba. I mean, I feel like the other half will say Halle Berry or Beyonce. Maybe Beyonce. You start getting the Beyonce's, the Alicia Keys, the, the those others. But um, for many, Jessica Alba was the first. Okay. So... <laughs> My point was, we mm-hmm. needed, each of those characters needed their own movie so that mm-hmm. we could get to know them, get to know their motivations. So that by mm-hmm. the time they have the film movie, we're like, okay, we understand which one is coming from. Basically. But with the DCEU, mm-hmm. um, we're already very familiar with Batman. We don't yeah. need to know more about his life. Superman, mm-hmm. we're kind of, like, we're very, we all know these characters well enough. You could have just started with a team-up. Because we know them all. I disagree. Um, and this is taking us very far to the left from my question. But you know what? It's Madhogo Danyo. <laughs> We're going to do some Madhogs. So it's Madogs. fine. So, I think one of the strongest part of the whole reason Marvel is so successful is mm-hmm. the Feige brothers. Yes. You create an entire idea. That's why I've been fighting the the last few movies as in have not have held me as strong. Because I feel their storyline ended. I feel, even though they say there's phase five and there's phase six, I feel it was until phase four that the plan was there. Then no, no, they had plans. They had plans. It's now the plans are starting to fall, crack up a bit, in my opinion. But they created such a vast storyboard of how everything is gonna link that it's literally like watching a story. Yep. The problem with the DC is watching each thing makes no sense. These characters don't work well together. 
you know, there's that whole issue. Number one, the best ever is Batman, and you cannot say anything otherwise. The Dark Knight trilogy. Yeah, that was fantastic. I mean, I'm curious to see Robert Pattinson in the role. I'm not. I might not pay to see the movie. But. Another Mzungu. Do you really think Batman's about to be a black man? No, I just felt he would be a, a, like, at least tanned. No, Batman only works because he's white. Think about it. Oh, if, no, think yeah, about it. If Batman, yeah, if if Batman was a black vigilante, the police would have been on it, like Sonic. Yeah, yeah, and then you'd have people like AX starting to bring a lot of political issues into it. It would just have been Bat- the, a whole dramatic First of all, situation. the whole idea of Batman is inherently political because how, how, how does one man take it upon himself? Mm-hmm. I am the only solution. I'm the one that has the power to save Gotham and all this shit. Like, more or not he probably does but like there's uh, what was I was listening to a podcast that suggested that there are like some fashy fascist undertones in like Batman if you say that then I'm gonna say this there are some fascist undertones in American values yeah because yeah for sure Batman is an inherent American value he's an American he's, hero the vigilante when the system doesn't work you make it work for you yeah he's, he's the man all cops want to be that mm-hmm. Punisher the Punisher yeah so what my whole question is all around this, and I love that quote. I really love it mm-hmm. because I feel we have the whole concept of heroes wrong. We talked about heroes last time, but there's one question I didn't ask you, which was like, can heroes exist in modern society? Oh, God, no. Have you watched The Boys? <laughs> I'm not even saying no. superheroes. Woo! I'm saying the, um, the latest one was like Desmond Tutu. We gave Desmond Tutu a really big send-off. Like, farewell, we love you, man. You really did a great job. Can people like that exist in modern world? Right now? Mm-hmm. You, you as someone who's already said on this podcast and on the WIP podcast that you don't have a hero. Mm-hmm. You see heroes more in your own mitten, like context. Mm-hmm. You don't have an external hero, but you're part of the beehive. Mm-hmm. You agreed you're part of the beehive. I mean, not anymore. She is part of the beehive. Don't let her tell you anything else. No. Uh, <laughs> Wow. Anyways. Okay. So, Jesus. with cancel culture, mm. with the oversharing of information, mm. do you think heroes can't exist in this modern society? And is that necessarily a bad thing? Or are we going to change our standards of how we see heroes? You know, we were talking about Charles Jonjo. We were talking about... Um, Moy, who in February, I think February 4th, yeah, uh, the, he died last year, he died in 2020, 2020. So it was his second year anniversary here in 2022. We were all we we're talking about those kind of heroes uh, or those kind of individuals and how some people see them as heroes, others declare them to be the, the greatest evil mm-hmm. since the coming of, of Satan. Mm-hmm. So, what is your whole idea? Do you think modern society can appreciate and create heroes? I think we can. Um, but I also think that we do need to reevaluate our idea of what being a hero is because mm-hmm. life is getting increasingly difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, and to do the big heroic shit either requires you to be like a doctor or a firefighter, or like in that kind of profession, mm-hmm. or it requires you to have an incredible stroke of luck. But mm-hmm. that, but that kind of heroism, mm-hmm. while great and while we should respect it and recognize it and all that fun stuff, um, we should also recognize like the everyday heroisms. Like if you are, mm-hmm. if you have depression or you're struggling with your mental health, just mm-hmm. getting out of bed and trying to, and deciding, you know what, let me, let me, let me try one more time. Is that being a hero? A little bit. Yeah. You're being a hero to yourself. You're saving yourself. Oh, that helps me. The question. Okay. What you're trying to you save yourself. What do you think about the whole concept of self-love? What kind of self-love? Wink, wink, not judge. That silence. <laughs> 
self emo I'm gonna say emotional self love. Okay. I feel this is, people are gonna call me a guka. Guys, I'm in my twenties. Okay? I'm in my twenties. He's I a feel, year older than me. In this society, we have put a lot of stress on the most important thing is to love yourself. Which I kinda feel is bullshit. Mm-hmm. What do you think about it? I think we should. Because, okay, think about it. As a woman, mm-hmm. marketing tells me that I am both too fat and too thin, both ugly and somehow not, sorry, both ugly but also not pretty. Um, we both, as men get that as well. Both average and yet somehow special. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm getting a lot of contradictory messages. Okay. And most of the shit that makes me want to buy shit mm-hmm. is things telling me that I'm not good enough. Mm. Like, if... Like, if I want to buy foundation, maybe I think the first time I did it, I just felt like my skin wasn't good enough. Mm-hmm. Like, I, it had to be flawless. Um, my first weave, it was like, oh, you don't look professional enough. Oh, you had a weave? Yeah. And then I, then I had a wig. I still have it, actually, but I have dreads now, so. Have you ever seen... It's just, sorry. That's, I'm, I'm just... Your, your, your passionate rant is about to continue. Mm. Have you ever seen, like, cops who wear the wrong weave? That is the most comedic thing i ever seen. Like, I see this lady, like, ushering in traffic, and then she's got hair, and then, like, hair, <laughs> and then hat. I'm like, oh, my God. Anyways, back to your rent. Yeah, so... I do think self-love is important, because mm-hmm. self-love is what will help keep you grounded in this fucking storm of capitalism that mm-hmm. just keeps inundating you with contradictory messages, most of which somehow end up concluding that mm-hmm. you are not enough. You know, for, for me, as someone who, aside from the existential, um, as someone who sort of has had battles with those sort of things, I think most of our generation has had those battles. Oh, yeah. I think, to, to me, what should get you out of bed more than self-appreciation and just telling yourself, here's another go, mm-hmm. is thinking about other people. That's always been my thought process. To me... My identity, my beliefs, and you, you, you know me and my African philosophies, have always been grounded mm-hmm. in the idea that what makes me special is my role, the role that I play in, in society, my, mm-hmm. in my community. So I feel that with that sort of realization, Kenya is a very community-based society. We try to be. We are. We're trying not to be in my opinion. More and more, we're trying to be more individual. But we're very community-based. Even the way corruption works is very community-based. By the way, it's very community-based. very community-based. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. even the way it started, it was, you know, sort out my people, then my people sort out, like, a bigger community, then it, it, like, spreads down like that. It ripples down like that. So, for me, the most important thing about life is other people. Mm -hmm. And I feel when you come with that perspective, it sort of... It gives you a goal to wake up for. So I think self-love can be dangerous. But can I ask you a question? Mm-hmm. What do you think is going through the minds of people? Are you allowed people? to ask me a question? Is that how my dogs works? Yes. Is that how it works? It's supposed to be a conversation, not just you grilling me. Then why is it called Madhugodanya Session Powered by GK? Oh my goodness, Powered anyways, by Anyways, anyways, I'll allow it. What do you think goes through the minds of people who have depression? Because at mm-hmm. the end of the day, speaking mm-hmm. as a person who lives with depression, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, um, you need to realize that you're living life for yourself mm-hmm. because you, your parents could die. Your siblings could die. Your dog, mm-hmm. like you could just be left alone. Mm-hmm. And if in the absence of that community, will you be able to make it? 
you need to be able to say, look, I may mm-hmm. not love myself, mm-hmm. but I like myself enough to try to keep going. Mm. I suppose so. I think when I was in my downs, which as a Kenyan man, you really don't like talking about, but it's fine. Um, I think thinking about others around me mm-hmm. is what got me out mm-hmm. more than thinking about loving myself because fact of the matter is sometimes you hate yourself. Mm. And when you hate yourself, what then? That's the issue. You'll be, you know, you, you've fallen to society standards of what you are. And so I feel what gets you up is, oh, I have something to do. I have something to contribute to. Mm. It's like this whole idea that I don't remember what it was. It was a case study that showed people with depression. People with depression. <laughs> what was oh, that? I said depression. <laughs> it's depressed. That's not even that. It was the... You know, when you're as amazing as me, certain words come out. It's like speaking tongues, you know. Ah. Anyways. <laughs> um, there was this whole study conducted with giving people in in low states something to do. Mm-hmm. Like there was the, the rose garden. I think it was mm. in the UK. A study where they gave them a rose garden or mm. a garden for them to go and plant something every day with mm. other people going through that case. And it really helped. Mm. You have the situation in the story of a, of a guy in um, Vietnam, I believe, who was really depressed. He lost his legs. Mm. He, was in a, he was about to commit suicide. And instead of um, telling him all these sort of things, they bought him a cow. Mm-hmm. and they. Oh, I remember him. that story. Yeah, I know that story. He wakes up in the morning to milk the cow, gives himself a... But that's the thing. I feel, like, I feel like you're conflating mm-hmm. the... Okay, perhaps for you they're one and the same, but I feel like mm-hmm. you're conflating the idea of community mm-hmm. with the idea of purpose. Cause that, they're the same to me. Yeah, mm-hmm. and for me, not, they're not necessarily the same. But mm-hmm. because it seems to me that what helped get these people back on the track to health mm-hmm. um, was just being given something to do. Mm-hmm. And then it was a thing that had like tangible results, mm-hmm. can make you feel good about yourself, that you wake up every day mm-hmm. and bit by bit you start seeing your your, your, your brain or you become more willing mm-hmm. to start seeing good in the world. Okay. So that leads me to one more deep question before we go to, back to history and all these mm-hmm. other things. Is happiness, this is a philosophical question, mm-hmm. just an Im- a balancing of chemicals that flow through your brain or is happiness something else, something more? Okay, so I started watching Chicago Med. I know, I know. Never. I got I got sucked into the one Chicago universe. I never watch Ooh. movies that start with the city. <laughs> what? I don't know. Wait, so Brooklyn special. Nine-Nine? Okay, that's special. That's special. Mm-hmm. That's special, but like Hawaii Five O, oh, okay. that, that, Chicago that Med. Um, I feel, I feel they are too city centric. I'm, I'm, I'm not from Chicago. Me, I'm from some random place up in Kenya. What am I doing looking at the people? So of if they had like a, I don't know, Nairobi, call it Nairobi Med. Ah, I would be starring. <laughs> Doctor Karevi, page you, Doctor Karevi, please mm. come. I'd be that six foot ten guy, with the big abs, you know. And dreadlocks, you can't forget the dreadlocks, very own brand. Is a doctor allowed to have dreadlocks? And dre- I've yeah. always wondered. Yeah. Because of the like dirt. No, because like I would imagine, because I've seen female doctors with dreadlocks, so. I've good. actually never seen a male doctor with dreadlocks. Maybe you'll be the first in TV land. And the best. But, anyways. So, continue. Chicago Med. So, I was watching Chicago Med, and one of the patients in the episodes, it was a girl who had Williams syndrome. 
Mm-hmm. So now, Williams syndrome, if I remember correctly, is a genetic condition that like causes some. It, it's a genetic condition that I think one of the side effects might be like an enlarged heart, mm-hmm. but I also think another one is just your hormones aren't regulated well. Mm-hmm. So you produce a lot of oxytocin, which is the happiness chemical, mm-hmm. and you produce so much that you are like overly friendly. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not sure if this. I'm not sure if the actress was doing like a really good depiction of of what a person living with Williams syndrome looks like, mm-hmm. but the sense I got from it was that she was literally like a light in the darkness she was just so happy to see everyone so willing to just sit and be with you Mm -hmm. um and it was just really really kind to watch even Mm. if i wasn't the primary recipient of it even if it was just acting Mm -hmm. it just felt nice to watch somebody be that happy Mm -hmm. um but watching it also made me realize that perhaps happiness is just a hormone Mm-hmm. It's something our body needs us to feel in order to get us to do shit. Yeah. Um, but I also think there's something more to happiness, right? Mm-hmm. Just like how there's something more to love. Yeah, true. All right, even though love is just a biochemical reaction, there is something more to it. Is that love or lust? It's love. Both, actually. Mm, okay. Both. One helps mm-hmm. with the fucking, the other one helps with the keeping the baby safe. This podcast is PG-16 now. Thank you. Oh, I do. At the beginning of... Clearly, you're not listening to my podcast. I listen to every podcast because, and I'm just saying... Because at the beginning of every... About sex. Because at the very beginning of every podcast, I provide a swear warning. Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. Yes, you do. Yes, I do. Okay. So, oh, hang on. What about you? What do you think? I've always thought that when you look at such important um, facets of life... Um, it's a bit dangerous to just look at it from a science perspective mm-hmm. because it it makes you lose the uh, ability to change. Mm-hmm. So it may be a chemical flowing through your brain and just, you just have to balance them right. And for some people, they do need the meds for that. Yeah, the meds are good. Sure. But, but I believe that there has to be something beyond it or it, because if there's not, then you lose the purpose in seeking it. Mm-hmm. So I believe, yes, there is something greater. It's not just chemicals that flow into your brain. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So let's see what my next question will be. Hmm. What do you think? Ha. I'm just looking for insults here, but I'll do it. What? What do you think of the whole idea of centrism? Really? Told you I'm looking for insults. It's here. because he thinks of himself as a centrist, and I've had to explain to him. That I've told her, according speaking, to her definition, no, but uh, according to my definition, yes. And I've told him that politically speaking, the Overton window has kind of been shifting towards the right for a while now. Why? 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 Because a lot of global, okay, a lot of the big powers, for example, the US, when Trump was president, was tolerating and outright praising a lot of these right-wing leaders from, like, Bolsonaro to Erdogan to the guy in, in, in Hungary, can't remember what his name is, to Putin. Mm-hmm. Um, he would he would have praised Xi Jinping, but he had his own issues with China, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I do believe that, politically speaking, like, the Overton window is kind of shifting slightly more towards the right. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, which means that you're not really a centrist. You're like a centrist in this now shifted time that we're in. But having gotten to know you and like understand what your politics are mm-hmm. more in depth, you're a centrist I can hang out with. That felt so insulting. 
But I thought, for some reason, for well, some hang reason. On, hang on, why are you dishing it if you can't receive, if you can't serve it? I'm, I'm just saying what what I, the whole idea of the Overton window. I'd I'd like you to explain it a bit more in depth. But the whole idea is that opinions on certain issues have sort of been shifting towards a certain side. There's right, there's left. The right is the Trumps of the world, who we all still there. consider to be crazy. And some then people the, don't. Okay, a lot of us consider to be crazy. Then to the left is the AXs. So, fact or no fact? So look at me crazy, but fact or no fact? God, uh uh-huh, go on. So, what I believe centrists have been misunderstood, maybe because of our inability to define what we believe, mm-hmm. which is, uh, how do I explain it? That every issue must be considered from both sides. Ugh. It's not really an issue of um, right and wrong. It's more of every issue must be considered from both sides. Because you don't solve any problems, and I'm telling this to the whole world, telling people like Jeff, Joe Rogan and people like uh, Novak Djokovic that their methods are stupid. It just creates martyrs. It just creates people more strongly, that stand stronger in their beliefs that to and will not but you're actually creating more cells of people who believe what you're trying to make them not believe. If you listen to them and have conversations based on what they see and actually acknowledge some of the things they say, uh, because some of them are true, you are actually solving the solution. You're solving the problem, not being part of the problem. I feel the new method from the left has been causing the problem actually, rather than creating solutions. Actually, um two things. Mm-hmm. Number one, the right has been cancelling people far longer than the left has, and you know like it. Who? The Dixie Chicks, for example, they tried to cancel, cancel Barack Obama when, when they thought he was Kenyan and not American. That was fucking stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, I think Wyoming had a book burning recently, which was fucking weird. Mm-hmm. Um, like the, the right are constantly trying to cancel things that, are, that, 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 that they're afraid of. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just interesting that now that the left is also doing it, I also see that some of the biggest voices are also perhaps some of the most performative. Mm-hmm. Um, like they're doing it for the clout, they're doing it for the likes, they're doing it because it's what you're supposed to do. Not yeah. necessarily because you've sat, you've thought on the issue and you agree. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's all I have to say about that. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. We're moving well. We're moving well. Okay. So seeing as that we are going into... Valentine's. Whoop, whoop, it's not next week, Monday, it's Monday after that. I don't know when this podcast is coming out, so <laughs> I'm not going to be like, this date, but we are in February. I can assure you of that. Okay. February 2022. What is your whole idea of the concept of marriage? Mm-hmm. And have we understood marriage all wrong? And is marriage evolving? Mm. Marriage is evolving. Uh-huh. Uh, for want of a better word, marriage is a contract, an agreement between two people. Yes. To try to give the best of each other mm-hmm. to each other mm-hmm. for the rest of their lives. To try to like live life together. Yeah. For as long as it's making them both happy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not what marriage used to be. True. Um, and I think the reason why I phrased it this way is because like I want to. I'm very cognizant of the fact that, like, sometimes people, sometimes it just doesn't work out. Mm. Like, through no fault of your own, you guys grow up, you grow apart, Mm -hmm. you're just different people. And there's, there's 
you've tried, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but and I think because you know you've gone from this definition of marriage being this forever because if you get divorced you're going to hell kind of thing to <laughs> okay <laughs> no come on now mm-hmm. come on now like you see a lot of that attitude in the church yeah wherein like people like partners who are fighting and like are about to get a divorce mm-hmm. um are brought back together by the church and told come on make this work make this work make this work mm-hmm. and more often than not it feels like the church really isn't listening to what the issues were that led them to separate yeah it's more they're just trying to keep them together because because ma- god likes marriage okay um but i do think that do you still believe the institution holds has a, a space in our society yeah legally speaking the tax benefits bro that was me rolling my eyes to my boyfriend i'm sorry <laughs> Wow. I I didn't even think about that. Damn. Yeah. I may be ruining relationships here. No, but mm-hmm. like for tax purposes obviously the state wants you to be married. I haven't quite figured out why mm-hmm. the state wants you to be married, but the state does want you to be married. Mm-hmm. So they incentivize by giving you tax benefits and, and and I don't know making it cheaper for you to live with another person yeah. than living by yourself trying to do all the shit. Okay. Um but I also think that maybe the idea of marriage needs to evolve in order to keep being relevant so do you think there's a there's a space um when 8 years ago when you heard the phrase come we stay sort of had a bit of a mm. negative come underpinning <laughs> i mean kenyans are very <laughs> a very um what's the word a very uh creative yeah Cre- creative and just different. The, the, the things we create are just character hilarious. Character <laughs> development. You know, yesterday, some the, uh, or, or in the past week, there was a discussion about character development. They were laughing at an older guy that he didn't know it. And I didn't want to say it, but I didn't know it either. What? I didn't. So well, You don't follow Kenyan, Kenyan Dictionary on, on Twitter and Instagram? Social media is not my friend. Oh, come on now. The only what? social media I like is TikTok. And that's because it was created to make me addicted. That's it. Okay, move. So anyways, so come we stay eight, not even eight years, let's say 12 years ago. It had a bit of a negative underpinning to it. But in current years, it's sort of become the norm. In Kenyan cultures, a lot of people are maybe a bit quietly, but they're staying together for a while before they take the marriage step. That makes so, sense. It makes um, sense. For many, it's a financial decision because marriage, um, as a middle class, you need to spend like a million bob, maybe more, probably more. But um, there are many who, the process of dating, yeah. like you are married in everything yeah. but the paper. So I feel, number one, do you think we're losing the idea about the importance of the contract Mm -hmm. and two what do you think about that do you think that's a better process of this method of we stay together if you want to break up amicably amicably is fine we don't need the contract because the contract is built also to protect Mm -hmm. protect you against what for example um a woman marries a man and they're in a poor relationship. Uh, it protects, it gets the, the lady, to, if you don't have a prenuptial agreement, of course, some form of retribution uh, of money to, put, to take care of herself. It makes the, the laws of custody much clearer. 
it's it's a form of protection. It means that when issues come, there's some something to fall back on. Especially so in, in essence, culture. you're not the contract is not with your spouse, but with mm-hmm. the state. Marriage is a contract with the state. It's two. Yeah. It's a two way contract. It's it's not a contract with the wife. I feel it's more of a commitment. Mm-hmm. It's a a contractual agreement, but it's more of a commitment. With the state, it's a contract. Mm-hmm. This is something that I can be held accountable for. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole purpose of a contract. So, yeah, it's a contract with the state. 100%. Okay, but does not defeat the, the whole narrative and myth around marriage, which is like, it's you and this other person, it's just the two of you the rest of your life. life yeah. As opposed to it's you, the other person, the state. Like, the state is, the state is like your weird friend that, you know, just kind of likes watching you guys have sex in the corner of your room. Like it's just weird. The state is there to protect you. Yeah, as as it watches you have sex in the is corner. Is it watching you have sex? Potentially, I mean. You're come saying on. Big Brother. You're saying now 1984 George Orwell kind of thing. Our phones, bruh. Our laptops. May have sort of come to that acceptance that if they want to destroy me, <laughs> they probably would have already. Or if they want to destroy me, it's not like they're not. You know the stuff. So, is you, so be what you're saying is that like you're not like worth. If Big destroying, Brother exists, you're not worth it. <laughs> even if I'm worth it, it's too late. So <laughs> let's just move on from there. I think Big the whole idea of Big Brother doesn't scare me, because apart from the money thing, like my money is in the internet, that scares me. Like you can hack my bank account using the internet, that scares me. But the whole idea of somebody can a hack video your of me right sleeping, now. Yeah, that scares me. But a video of me sleeping or a video of me um, having relations with somebody or anything, yeah, it's embarrassing, but those are things you can move on from. As, as a guy, woman, yeah, as a woman, no. Even as a woman. I hey, think Monica Lewinsky. She had sex with the, with the most powerful man in the world. Every woman that's had revenge no. porn published about her. This... Maybe those are, but even for the guy, it's just as, as in if... if Hillary Kardashian. Clinton was the president at the time, and it was Karidi Lewinsky. Well, I'm, I'm just saying, <laughs> that's the only name that came to my mind. It shows just how... Karidi Lewinsky, all right. If it was that, right. I think I'd have gone in the same rep. My no, name, maybe you, I wouldn't have been sexualized. No, no, you... But my name would have been I feel like I feel like for you, it would have been in fist bumps, high five, like, yeah, man. Yeah. And for the president, it, as, the a woman, room, as a woman, as a woman, it would be like... To public eye, it will still be a negative thing. No. She would probably get more hate. She would get would so much hate. Even Hillary would. But it's not like I would be known 50 years from now as... as the guy, yeah. I would still be known as the guy who slept with Hillary Clinton. It would be, wouldn't it? So Monica Lewinsky now is known as the lady who slept with Bill Clinton. No, she's known as Monica Lewinsky. You would be the guy who slept with Hillary Clinton. She mm-hmm. is Monica Lewinsky. Okay, explain the difference. We know her name. Mm-hmm. We will not remember yours. Yeah. That, that's the difference. Mm-hmm. Like when people say Monica Lewinsky, you know exactly what, what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. When people are like, oh, the guy who slept with Hillary Clinton, they're going to be like, oh? Mm. Huh? Huh? Wow. Okay. I'm going to leave it there. So, this is, I'm going to give two more questions, because, uh, damn, you talk a lot. I talk a lot. Mm. I talk a lot. You talk a lot. You love hearing so, the sound of your own voice. Like, honestly, it is just unbelievable. If you had the voice that I did, would you not love the sound? Did? Are you dead? Just saying. Don't attack my English. Okay. You know what? So, yeah, you know, actually, you know what? When I asked, mm-hmm. are you dead? You could have been like, yeah, I'm drop dead. Gorgeous. Mm-hmm. No, that's your kind of response. <laughs> I just leave the awkward silence. 
Yuck. <laughs> okay, so, so this is my last two questions. Mm-hmm. You love Disney. I do. You really love it. I do. And so this is the question. Oh, no. There was a, a new one released, which is breaking all the records. It's Encanto. For some reason. We don't talk about And it. one no. of the things that has annoyed no. me for the whole of my life is that Asia, Southeast Asia, got Mulan. The um, Middle East got Jasmine. Mexico and uh, Latin America got Coco and they got Encanto. Africa got Lion King. Oh, wait, they also got, um, Asia also got, what did they also get? They also got um, Rhea and the Last Dragon, I think. Never heard of it. But yeah, they got, they got two other things. We got literally a movie about animals. And so my question is this. Do you think it is time? And I'm auditioning officially to be like the father role in that film. Because I think my voice would be perfect for like the father role with the singing. Beautiful. He actually can sing really well though. Thank you. Do you think it's time for Disney to produce a movie? Um, And this is the whole idea of should we create ourselves or wait to be created for Mm. representing the real African experience? Yes and no. Mm-hmm. Um, while I really do love the Disney, I also don't forget um um. Pixar. No 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 Moana. The, the Samoa Pacific Sarag- Thank you Pacific Islanders. Yeah, they got, got they got Moana. Mm-hmm. Um, they got the Pacific Islanders are like two million people in total. Africa we are one billion. <laughs> they got okay, one first. Okay, so while Great I'm while though. I'm fantastic. Well, I'm really happy that um, Disney's gone out and is mm-hmm. trying to do this representation mm-hmm. shit really well. They are with hiring... the live actions, they're sucking at it, but with the, <laughs> with, the, with the cartoons, absolutely. They they have the right people on board. They they take the time and mm-hmm. the care and the effort to make sure it's just right. Mm-hmm. Although I will say this: the story for Encanto was okay. Like the Coco story was much better in Never terms of like it. story. Encanto mm-hmm. was pretty predictable. Once I once I figured out where it was going, I was like, mm-hmm. okay, it's pretty. Okay, yeah. Most of the new shows have been like that. Like Coco was an exception. Yeah, Coco most was of the, nice. Most of the newer Big Hero shows, Six yeah, was great. You, oh yeah, that was a good movie. Mm-hmm. But most of the newer ones have been a bit more predictable, yeah. or, or or we're noticing the predictability. I think because you're the a Pixar kid watching formula. the other things before, yeah. you didn't care. No, but now you're watching it as an adult, you're think, critiquing it. I think it might also be because maybe the movie's just been oversaturated with their movies. We've mm. gotten very used to the Pixar formula. Yeah. Like, we know what to expect, when to expect it. Mm. We know what the twist is going to be. Which is not to say it's not going to be a great movie. It's mm. going to be fantastic. Mm. It's going to be so tight. Mm-hmm. But there's just... I just felt like there was like a magic missing, mm. you know? But the, um, but the song got like I think it's at like 180 million views in like a like month. Yeah, we don't crazy. talk about Bruno. That's what yeah, he's talking about. Hey. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, but I'm also very cognizant that as they're doing this representation shit, right? Mm-hmm. They are also mining mm-hmm. other cultures to commercially exploit and commercially hey, exploit, exploit them. me all you like, right? Because oh, I'm pretty sure Disney is very well aware that um, they have gobbled up most of everything that's in the public domain. There's nothing mm-hmm. left for them to take, mm-hmm. privatize, and then say, fuck you, this is mine. Mm-hmm. One second. We are back to Utajua Hujui sessions. Well, no, I'm going to do that again. I'm going to do that again. We are back <laughs> to Utajui Hujui podcast. <laughs> I'm going to keep Mathobo that in. The Mathobo Danyo session 2.0. <laughs> You can keep this one 
put it in all your podcasts and you'll just get like 10 more viewers per second. Okay. Yeah, that's what we're going to do. So what we're going to do for the last part of this question mm-hmm. of this uh, segment, considering well basically past our time. Oh, so much so fast. So I'm going to do this. I'm going to ask you questions mm-hmm. and I'm only going to give you a sentence. So a sentence as a response. Okay. You have no time to prep. You don't know the kind of ask questions I'm going to ask okay. you. Okay. All right. But we're going it's going to be rapid fire, okay? Let me go. Do you get starstruck? Yes. Why? Because they're real. Great answer, you know. This is a history podcast and the only answer was because they're real. But we're going to move you on. You won't let me explain. Mm-hmm. You won't let me explain. Mm-hmm. What defines you more? Your race, your tribe, or your country? In that order. Race, then tribe, then country. I would say for me it's... The reverse. Country, then tribe, then race. Yeah, yeah the reverse. I think I'm speaking because I went abroad for a while and mm-hmm. you've like stayed here. And me, I'm just African to the to the, to the core. Minus the language. Bad then, man looking good. In next the core. question. Mm-hmm. Considering the IBC did its last voter registration, the numbers were not very high. Mm-hmm. Same situation happened in South Africa a couple of years ago. There's a sign. So this is my question: Is apathy a sign of democratic maturity? It's a hard question to answer in like ten seconds. No, it is a sign of election engineering done well. Mm-hmm. I would say it is more a sign of lack in political institutions' ability to create change. Mm-hmm. But one sentence, that shows maturity. One sentence. Hey, me and the boss. Me one sentence. Okay. Uh, recently, Mama Ida Odinga spoke about the need for regulating the church. Do you agree with yes. her? Why? One sentence. The church has been stolen by con men and thieves. Mm-hmm. There's her answer. Next question. China, mm-hmm. we know, is likely to be the age of China will be our next age. Yes. They will be the hegemon of the world. Yes. So there has been people believing that the next hegemon, but then the next 100 years or 200 years will be Africa. Africa. Do you believe that? Yes. Why? Because we are figuring shit out and adapting it to our needs. Mm-hmm. Full stop. Because you, I need two sentences. <laughs> At least I, I stick to the rules. Cough, keep, cough. keep, keep these questions in your head, and cough, then the cough. next Mazogo session, I can ask them really. Okay, next one. What do you think of this phrase? And I'm gonna rework it a bit. If the generation does, before you does not approve of how you've turned out to be, mm-hmm. that is the fault of the generation before you, not yours. I agree. I also agree. Finally, for the first time. Oh, wow. So dramatic. Okay. Uh, let's see. What's my next question? Hmm. Hmm. Oh, yeah. What's your belief around teachers and their role? How important are they to the learning process? Teachers are absolutely important to the learning process because they are a student's first, perhaps first formal interaction with education. Mm-hmm. Full stop. Can mm-hmm. I get another sentence? Okay. Oh, yeah, one more sentence. Okay. 
Therefore, if that first interaction is negative, mm-hmm. you may end up going your whole life thinking that learning is just a chore. Learning mm-hmm. is something that you must do. Yeah. And you might not find the joy that mm-hmm. is to be found in learning until you're much older. And yeah. at that point, I do feel sorry for you because you've been deprived of experiencing mm-hmm. that joy mm-hmm. from the from the very beginning. Okay, final question. Mm-hmm. Whoopi Goldberg. Oh, I don't want, I don't want to answer this. Was, uh, she wasn't really cancelled, but she was really uh, shouted at for it. calling the genocide that happened in Nazi, that it said it wasn't about race. Do you agree with I, Whoopi? I disagree with her. I can understand where she's coming from because it's a misreading of history, right? Mm-hmm. This one's going to have to take some explanation. Um, anti-semitism is very much like racism Mm -hmm. um in the sense of we are both being discriminated against for things that are beyond your control it's not Mm -hmm. has nothing to do with us but everything to do with how our oppressors are viewing us and what they're projecting onto us Mm -hmm. right um but it's very different in the sense that people were afraid of and hated jewish people Mm -hmm. because they had because they controlled the banks, because like that, that was the only profession they were allowed to have for mm-hmm. the longest time. Um, they were afraid because they believed that the Jewish people controlled the world. Mm-hmm. It's that's you don't get that with 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 racism. Like people mm-hmm. aren't people don't hate me for my for the color of my skin because they think I control shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they hate me for completely different reasons. Yeah. Um, and so I think Whoopi, looking at, at like the Jewish community, might just see them as white people. Yeah. Because they still have a lot of white privilege mm-hmm. they still have like a lot of um class like sorry yeah, not, economic privilege as well mm-hmm. um I, I i hope i'm not overgeneralizing. Mm-hmm. um but they were still viewed as a race mm. like it was literally a genocide to extinct a particular race like it was fundamentally mm-hmm. about it's always been about race because even whiteness as a race is a construction mm-hmm. there's there's yeah i'm done and based on that construction, it is time for me to destruct this episode of Utajua Hujui, Matagodanyo Sessions no 2.0. Explain what you meant. Destruct. Explain what you meant. Destruction. Explain construction. what you meant. I am going with it. Make it make sense. Make I am it going to press sense. the detonate button and we are going to destruct this episode. So, thank you so much for watching Utajua Hujui episode. 2.0 mother than your sessions and we will be here with you like we always are when she calls me next time and pays me i don't pay him bye okay right guys bye why did you do that <laughs>so much for listening to the Utrajua Hujui podcast. I am so happy to have been able to converse with you today. If you would like to suggest a topic or give me feedback or just talk to me about whatever you find interesting, you can find me on at utrajuahujui.pod on Instagram. That is at u-t-a-j-u-a-h-u-j-u-i.pod on Instagram. Um, you can also find this podcast on Spotify, Google, Pocket Cast, wherever you can find these podcasts. Thank you so much for listening and I really do wish the best for you.